G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. This podcast is made available by Vision Christian Media, thanks to the generosity of our supporters. Your donation today means great podcasts like this remain available to help people look to God daily. Please make your donation today at vision.org.au. Simeon was eagerly waiting for Jesus to come the first time, and we should be eagerly waiting for Jesus to come the second time. Coming up today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie points out that Christmas is a good time to remember that Jesus is coming back, and we need to be ready. In His first coming, He was surrounded by animals and shepherds. In His second coming, He'll be accompanied by saints and angels. Are you looking forward to the return of Jesus Christ? This is the day when the lost are found. This is the day for a new beginning. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Again you hear all the angels are singing. This is the day, the day when life begins. We're so glad you've taken a few moments to celebrate Christmas with us today here on A New Beginning. On behalf of Pastor Greg Laurie and all the team, we want to wish you a very happy Christmas. There's such a heightened sense of anticipation today, kids especially, but for all of us, there should be a heightened sense of anticipation for Jesus' second coming as well. And as Pastor Greg takes us back to the very first Christmas, we'll get some insight on that. Glad you've joined us. talk about two people that are sort of unknown folks in the Bible that were waiting for the first Christmas. Simeon and Anna. You ever heard of them before? Simeon and Anna. Believe it or not, they're actually a part of the Christmas story, even the nativity story. And in some ways, they're more a part of the Christmas story than the wise men were because the wise men came quite a bit later, maybe up to two years later. The Bible says they came to the house where Jesus was, not the manger where he was born. So let me show you where these two fit in to the Christmas story. Kind of big picture timeline. Remember the angel Gabriel came to Mary and it was revealed to her that she would become the mother of the very Messiah. And so now the Son of God has come into the world. The message is given to the shepherds. So let's see what they said. Luke chapter two, verse nine. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. Imagine. They were terrified and the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people, the Savior. Yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David, and you'll recognize him by this sign you'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. The shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord 
has told us about. We'll stop there. So the shepherds come and they find Mary and Joseph and the baby in her arms, no doubt. The wise men appeared a little bit later. I already mentioned a couple of years later. Listen to this. The next event in the nativity story is eight days later after the birth of Christ when Joseph and Mary take Jesus into the temple. There he was circumcised. And now we come to the first of two people who are waiting for Christmas or waiting for Christ. The first was Simeon. Who was he? He was a godly man who was waiting for the Messiah. So here's old Simeon hanging out in the temple waiting. The Lord had revealed to him he would not die until he saw the Messiah. And one day, who walks in? Mary, Joseph, and the baby Jesus. And Simeon knew who they were. Now how did he know? Well, they glowed, right? <laughs> or they had halos. Jesus had a little baby halo. That's what we see in the religious art. Honestly, I don't think they looked any different than any other peasant family. But Simeon knew who they were because he was a man of God, because he spent time in prayer. And God reveals things to those who seek him that are not revealed to those who don't. So he sees him and he knows right there in the spot, this is the one, this is the Messiah. And we read in Luke chapter two, verse 32, he thanked God he had seen the Messiah and he prayed, He's a light to reveal God to the nations. He's the glory of your people Israel. Mary and Joseph were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed him and he said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall and many others to rise. He's been sent as a sign from God and many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your very soul. Wow. What did that mean? That meant that Mary would make a great sacrifice to be the mother of Jesus. You might say, oh, I wish I could have been Mary. Do you? Mary had to go through life with a reputation of an immoral woman. See, a lot of people just didn't buy the whole supernatural conception story. They believed she had sex before she was married with some guy. In fact, on one occasion, the Pharisee said to Jesus, well, at least we weren't born of fornication. That was the reputation Mary lived with. And the irony is this is a, a very moral, virtuous, godly girl who had to live with that reputation, effectively a scarlet A written on her robe for adulteress. But she hung in there. But the hardest thing of all is when she looked up on the cross and saw her son hanging there, those hands nailed to the cross were once tiny little hands that she guided as a mother. Those feet that he, he would run and have such a fun time as a little boy were now nailed to a cross and it was so painful. How could we even imagine such a thing? A sword pierced her soul. Simeon told her that would happen. So the Lord fulfilled his promise to Simeon. Well, there was someone else hanging out in the temple too. Her name was Anna. She was 84 years old. She never left the temple. The Bible says she just prayed constantly. Never left the temple. She wouldn't even go out and get a burger at McDavid's or whatever, you know. <laughs> Man, what if I miss the Messiah? So she just waited. One day she sees Simeon talking to Mary and Joseph. She sees the baby Jesus. She knows the prophecy has been fulfilled. And we read that she rejoiced and told everybody about the child. Wow, what a story this is. 
But how easy it is for us to just miss the whole point of Christmas. I heard about a family that was going out of town for Christmas. And uh, they got the SUV loaded up, packed all their luggage, left the dog over at a friend's house, got their playlist of Christmas songs to listen to, pulling out of the driveway, going down the street. And suddenly the mother realizes and says to the husband, we forgot the baby. So they had to go back and collect their baby that they had left in the house. That's Christmas for many people. We trim our trees, we hang our lights, we go to endless events, but we forget the baby, right? Simeon was eagerly waiting for Jesus to come the first time, and we should be eagerly waiting for Jesus to come the second time. Because Jesus Christ is coming back again to this earth. That's what the Bible says. The first time he came in a manger, the next time he'll come back in glory. In his first coming, he was wrapped in swaddling cloths. In his second coming, he'll be clothed royally in a robe dipped in blood. In his first coming, he was surrounded by animals and shepherds. In his second coming, he'll be accompanied by saints and angels. In his first coming, there was no room for him in the inn. In his second coming, the door of the heavens will be open to him. In his first coming, he was the Lamb of God coming to take away the sin of the world. In his second coming, he'll be the ferocious lion of the tribe of Judah bringing judgment. Let me ask you this. Are you looking forward to the return of Jesus Christ? You should be. Just as the godly Simeon and Anna look forward to his first arrival, we should be looking forward to his second coming. And that's really a mark of your spiritual state. If you're like, oh, reluctant, apprehensive, I don't want to hear this, that would indicate to me you're not doing well spiritually. But if your heart would jump a little bit and say, yes, Lord, come tonight, Lord, that shows me you are where you ought to be. Anna and Simeon were waiting for the Messiah and he came. You're listening to A New Beginning with Pastor Greg Laurie, the Senior Pastor of Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California. Glad you've joined us for Pastor Greg's special Christmas message today. It's called Waiting for Christmas. Let's continue. Why did Jesus come? Why? So we could uh, shop. That's why, right? So we could spend too much money. No, of course not. He actually came to die. I know that's not a pleasant thought to think of a beautiful little newborn and say, yeah, that baby came to die. But actually, Jesus came with the express purpose of dying on a cross for our sins. Because the Bible says, Jesus speaking, I came to give my life as a ransom for many. You know, here's the thing. That is the whole point of it. He came to bring life to us, to bring the ultimate gift to you. Now, you're gonna receive some gifts. Some of you open your presents in the evening. How many of you open presents on Christmas Eve? Raise up your hand, you're Christmas Eve people. How many of you have to wait till Christmas morning? Say, more of you, all right, all right, it's all good. So you're gonna open your presents, and some you'll like, and some you'll have to fake it a little, let's be honest. <laughs> you know, we gave the gifts to our grandkids today. You know, the girls were delighted by their pajamas. My grandson was not so excited. <laughs> he was waiting for a toy. 
And so when he opened up his little R2-D2 remote control robot, he was finally happy. So you'll get something to go, oh, awesome, great. And you're not really that happy. Liver world, gift card, uh, uh, whatever. But here's what I want to remind you of. You're probably not going to remember next year what you got this year, just as you don't remember this year what you got last year. You probably don't. And certainly not five years ago. And whatever you get, no matter how cool it is, it'll be dated in time. You know, maybe you got the latest gadget, cell phone, combination cell phone, drone, toaster, and robot, <laughs> right? It just came out, it's brand new. And it has a, you know, 80 inch screen that comes out somehow with the most megapixels. Give it three months, something else is coming and your thing will be dated. Or your outfit, no matter how cool it is, styles change. You won't remember those things. And there might be some things that you have that have been given to you that don't mean that much to you now. Maybe a drawing by your child or a card written by your grandchild. But then as years pass and those other gifts are forgotten and you pull that little card out, it touches your heart. And if your house was on fire, you would take that thing out of there. Maybe before anything else because it's valuable to you. Some gifts become more valuable with the passing of time. When you're a young person and someone says, if you become a Christian, you'll go to heaven when you die. You're like, great, but that's a long ways away because I'm young and you're old. So maybe you're excited about it, but I don't care. All right, I get that. You know, when I became a Christian, to me the most appealing thing was I could have life in all of its fullness. And I've experienced that life. But as I get older, that whole eternal life thing is starting to become a little more interesting to me now. Because pretty soon I'm gonna be cashing that one in. And I have loved ones that have already gone to receive that reward from God. And so that becomes a more precious gift with the passing of time. And I don't want us to miss this point. Because God is offering to you the most amazing gift of all, the gift of eternal life. And I wonder if you have this gift. You say, well, what do you mean? I mean, knowing that you're a child of God. You know, sometimes people say, we're all children of God. We're all God's children. I know that sounds very nice, but I beg to differ, and the Bible begs to differ as well. Actually, we aren't all children of God. We're all loved by God. We're all created by God. We're all made in the image of God, but to be technical and theologically correct, we are not all the children of God. The only way you can become a child of God is by accepting the gift of eternal life because the Bible says, for as many as received Him, He gave them the power to become sons of God. So there has to be a moment where you admit to God you're a sinner. That's why He sent a Savior. And you have to turn from that sin and ask Jesus to come into your life. And I wonder, have you done that yet? Have you asked Jesus to come into your life and do you know with complete certainty that if this were your last Christmas, let's be honest, it could be. If this were your last Christmas, do you know with certainty that you would go to heaven? The greatest tragedy of all would be if you didn't know that. Because this gift I'm talking about is greater than any gift under your tree. And I don't care how amazing it is. You see those commercials of people who give cars with giant bows to their spouses. I don't know anyone who's ever done that, by the way. Well, that would be a pretty good gift, I'll admit. But you know what? It's better than a car with a bow. 
It's better than something you'll put in your finger or wear around your neck. It's better than money that grandma put into an account. It's the only gift that keeps on giving, the gift of eternal life. And God will give it to you right now. And all you have to do is receive it. I'm telling you right now about the ultimate offer of all times that is like that unused gift card that for many sits unused, unaccepted. The gift of eternal life. The gift of the forgiveness of sin. The gift of finding the meaning and purpose of your life. The gift of a relationship with God. Have you received this gift? If not, do you want to receive it right now? Let's do that together. Let's all bow our heads and everybody pray with me if you would. Father, thank you for loving us so much that you sent Jesus to be born in that manger, then to die on that cross and to rise from the dead. Lord Jesus, thank you for coming and laying your life down for us. And now I pray for every person here, every person watching, listening, wherever they may be. If they don't know you yet, let this be the moment they believe and receive the gift of eternal life. For we ask it now in Jesus' name. Amen. An important prayer from Pastor Greg Laurie. And if you'd like to make that kind of change in your relationship with the Lord, today's a great day. And Pastor Greg would like to help you to do it right now. The Bible says whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. So I want to lead you in a prayer where you will be doing just that, calling on the name of the Lord. So listen, if you want your sin forgiven, if you want to know that when you die, you will go to heaven, if you want Jesus Christ to come into your life and take away your guilt and your shame, then just stop what you're doing and pray this prayer with me right now. Pray this after me if you would. Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. I have broken your commandments. I have fallen short of your standards. But 2,000 years ago, you died on that cross for me. Then you rose again from the dead. So Jesus, come into my life and be my Savior and my Lord and my God and my friend. I choose to follow you from this moment forward. Thank you for calling me and accepting me and forgiving me. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. And we'd love to help you by sending out something called our New Believers Growth Packet. It's a great way to get started living as a Christian. We'll be glad to send it to you free of any charge or obligation. It'll help answer some of the questions you might have and help you build a solid foundation for your faith. Just ask for the New Believers Growth Packet when you contact us on 1-800-00-5011. Well, next time, Pastor Greg takes us to the real reason that Jesus came will stand before the cross at Calvary and consider how Jesus suffered on our behalf and why. That's on Monday. But before we go today, a special greeting from Pastor Greg, wishing everyone much more than just food and family and cheer this Christmas. Now, for a copy of Pastor Greg's full message from today, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called Waiting for Christmas. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. 
Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.